Welcome back. This is part two with Cameron Ford and we are going to get straight into it. We talk about the process behind staying on track towards our goals and towards building our dreams. So if you've been struggling with keeping that flame or keeping that motivation alive right now with something you've started or something you're working towards, this episode is for you. Let's get into it. So in your, with your experience in the Navy and in your business, is there anything you can touch on to sort of help me answer the question around like how to keep energized beyond the initial motivation when we're starting something new, starting a new business or a new project or something like that? Yep. So simple phrase is um, a great plan is better than a great idea. Yep. Um, another analogy is if you could literally dream up your dream home right now, you want to go live in it and walk in it tomorrow. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. yeah. And what's the first step? You've got to get an architect. You've got to draw a blueprint. You've got to order concreters, plumbers, electricians, plasterers, furniture removers, cabinet yeah. makers. You know, that, and that's part about the elements of building a business is that a lot of people got this really amazing idea of what they want to do. Yeah. But what they don't do is break it down. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it literally what, what you mean, I've got, I'm, I'm looking at my dream home scenario right now i know exactly yeah. where i want to go but also know that the process and the and every single step that i got to take so what i do as of literally right now i've got two goal boards in my office i've got yeah. my weekly goal board and i've got my big goal board and i know exactly what i've got to do every single day in order to tick off my goals every single day in order to make my bigger goals achieve yeah now yeah. motivation is about about process and continuing to stick through it now, I'll, I'll give you a sort of a, a weird sort of analogy. If an alien came down from space right this very second and you gave them a push bike and said, go and ride around the block. If that alien falls off and scrapes his knee and bungs his, bungs his hip, you know, he can go he can go two ways. You say, that's too hard for me. I, I can't do it. I've had a bit of a setback and give up on the idea of, of riding a bike. Yeah. Or they can yeah. look at it and say, this happened. This is a learning point for me. How can I improve on that and reach my goal, which is continue to ride around the block? Yeah. And this is where mental resilience comes into play. Resilience, in, in my personal opinion, comes down to either two ways. It's, it's re- repetition of results yeah. or, or, or situations and, and the stronger you get, i.e. if you fall off your bike and scrape your knee, you know that if you fall off, you're going to scrape your knee, it's going to hurt, but you're also going to get better at riding your bike every single time. Yeah. yeah. And that's where um, you know, a, a lot of people lose focus because they have a bit of a setback. Now, yeah. I, I will 100% agree that I still get Debbie down Downer days when something doesn't go to plan. If I order my shed and a part doesn't arrive or if my stocks go down by 1%, I'm like, man, this is crap. Maybe I should give up and sell them all and buy whatever. So, yeah. um, but it, it's about continuing to do the things continuously, frequently and just pushing through to get it done. And I find that list writing is the most, for me, yeah. is the most productive ways to make yourself accountable. Because if you've got something written down, you're extracting it out of your brain and you're turning it into a physical form. Yeah. And the only way to get rid of that physical form is to get a big red pen and put a massive strike through it once you've completed it. Otherwise, it just sits there. I, I love that. Um, I have been trying to find some new ways, like only as of this year really, to be more productive and um, try to organize my life and my jobs a bit more. And I take notes and I write lists for everything. So like... Um, I don't have two goal boards yet, but um, I find, yeah, putting it down on paper and then being able to mark it off, tick it off, is, is it's just massive for me. It sounds small, but 
Yeah. No, it, it, it's not small. And it, this is how people deal with um, achieving goals. I mean, yeah. I am, it sounds a lot like you, I'm a writer. Is I need to write it in a physical form, get it out of my brain. Yeah. Because the, yeah. the, the, the less stuff I can have in my brain, the more my brain is free to, to think of new things. Yeah. And I don't have to remember that thing, right? And um, a, a lot of people go through that process of people do lack mental resilience, you know, I think in society in, in, in today in general. Yeah. And that's just through either not going through hardships and everything being given and everything being easy. I mean, I grew up in the 80s. We didn't yeah. have internet. We didn't have mobile phones. We didn't have social media. We didn't have the free access to information. I mean, my information was Encyclopedia Britannica. And you know? yeah, no, like in this day and age, we, on one side, we are so blessed. We have access to so many resources, technology, and we don't usually have to struggle for, um, to a certain extent, to a roof, for a roof over our head or for food on our table. Like we have so much at our doorstep, which is good, but then I can see the other side of it as well. Yeah, so um, I 100% agree with the pros and cons. Yeah. Um, there, we've got a wealth of information at our doorstep, but also got a wealth of problems as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I do feel that social media is a massive contributor for false identity. Yeah, 100%. Where people get so fixated on Insta shame or Snap crap or, or, <laughs> or Stalkbook and all they basically see from these platforms are highlight reels. Yeah. yeah. They see sexy figures, the, the chiseled abs, the balling cars, and they think that that is how lifestyle should be. Yeah. But never people don't actually look deeper past that sort of psyche and see, are these people actually happy? Yeah. Because Robin Williams is a perfect example. He was always funny and always was comical, but he was morbidly depressed and he, he sadly took his own life. Yeah. And um, you know, there's no right or wrong answer for mental resilience. You have to find your own path. But I find that... Um, the more you experience things, the good and the bad, the stronger you will develop. It's, it's called like a, it's called actually called a mental callus. Yeah, is yeah. that the more negative experiences you actually encounter, the, the stronger your brain actually becomes because you know what's going to come and you know your your body can handle it. Yeah, obviously yeah. some injuries are far greater than others, like a, a loss of a family member or you know, bankrupt. That, that's that's catastrophically difficult, but. You know, if you lose a customer or someone writes your one-star review, there's no need to go into a meltdown. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, another analogy I used, to t- I used to teach people was the flat tire scenario. So, in our vehicles of life, we're, we're all traveling in a, in a certain direction. We all know that problems in life occur. Yeah. There's yeah. not one person in this world or in the rest of human history that will not experience some type of problem in their life. Now, it's the same analogy. If your car's got a flat tire, if your car gets a flat tire, what do you do? You get out, you look at it, you curse it. This is crap. I'm having a bit of a bad day. But you've got options. Yeah. You can call NRMA. You can call AAA. You can try and change the car tire yourself. You can jack it up and wheel the road down the, the hill into a, you know, to a, car, a tire repair place. What you don't want to do is set the car on fire yeah. because you've had a minor inconvenience. Yeah. And this is where the psychology comes into play with emotional distress um, and emotional regulation. A minor inconvenience is it really going to impact your entire journey if something does go wrong? If you've got a financial setback, a personal setback, whatever the case may be, is that a lot of people get so fixated in that one emotion, they set fire to the car. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they got no car to get to the next journey because they burnt all their bridges or they overreact. And I'm, um, years ago, I was a perfect example of, you know, storming a teacup where I completely overblew. 
know, situations that, that didn't need to be because I had no distress tolerance or emotional regulation yeah. to yeah. to deal with that. And this is, here's the really bizarre thing is that I can handle being shot at. I can handle going to war zones, but going through a personal drama with my partner, like absolutely... A whole other story. A whole other story because I guess I've, I've been trained in a way that you know, I know the outcome from that type of training that I can deal with that situation, but I was never given any emotional training. Yeah. So when yeah. something happened to me that I was unequipped for, I completely burnt the car down. And and that's something I try and instill upon people with business. Yeah. Is that yeah. a minor setback in business should not dictate burning your entire vehicle. You know, I always try and help people with five different solutions to a problem. Yeah. You should always try and find option A, option B, option C and give yourself options and ways out to overcome a problem, not escape your problems, but you know, to find ways to overcome your solutions. If it is to do with marketing, this particular solution is not working. You don't keep kicking a dead horse, so to speak. You don't keep trying the same thing if you're getting the same results. That's yeah. literally the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again. Expecting different results. And expecting a different result. So... If something, if you try something and it doesn't work, learn from it. Yeah. Why didn't it work? Put it in the maybe try again in the future path, but move on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you get a flat tire, try and change it yourself. If you can't change it yourself, call someone to come and change it. If no one can come out, jack the car up, roll the tire to the nearest tire center, and do it. it might take you five hours. Yeah. But the point yeah. is, it's going to get fixed. Yeah. You don't just get kerosene or petrol and light the current fly from a minor inconvenience. No, I, I get that. Um, I have, I'm, I'm learning a lot more um, that to be okay with failing at things or like making mistakes. Um, I used to hold myself to an extremely high and unattainable standard and then beat myself up when I made a mistake or slipped or did something stupid. Um, and now I'm learning that I, when I fail, when I stuff up, when I make a mistake, when, I, when something happens to me, um, maybe out of my control, not to overreact, not to beat myself up over it, to learn from it, to grow from it, to try again. Um, and sometimes to change my method or the strategy I'm using. That's um, the, the the perfect mentality of a growth mindset. And there's a few things there you mentioned that really could have a whole more podcast on those things, but um, failure. Yeah. Why is failure a bad thing? Why is it that we are taught if we get a D in our maths exam, that it's a bad thing. It just shows learning opportunities. Yeah. And I think that the failure, the mentality with failure goes right back in our school system. Yeah. That, you know, if you if you fail at something, if you literally fail at something, you shouldn't be beaten down and have your parents come in and say, look, he's failing at maths or failing at science or failing in biochemistry. It's a learning point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and sometimes things aren't a right fit. We understand that. But... Um, you're 100% correct is when we fail at something, if we if we le- take it as a learning experience, it's a growth experience. Yeah, growth, and growth experience. Ex- yeah. And that's something that, you know, we, we've all had wins, we've all had massive losses in our life and we know what to do and what not to do ever again. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a, a learning point of life. And if everyone can sort of adopt that and not, slide down deeper and deeper and deeper into those elements of why I'm not good enough. Yeah. Um, being a hyper pleaser and being like a hyper achiever, you're setting standards that are basically unachievable to handle. So, And that was me Yeah. in business. Yeah. I worked for 900 days trying to do everything myself. That led to burnout because it's good to have ex- exceptionally high standards, 100%. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. 
but having the expectation that if you don't get something right, it's okay. Yeah. I um I definitely agree. And I like, I've heard a few people call it this and I've sort of taken it on myself, the spirit of excellence. So instead of focusing on perfectionism and trying to do everything perfect, which isn't even attainable anyway, nothing is perfect, but having a spirit of excellence, like everything you do, trying to do it as best as you can um, and yeah, just do an excellent job at it. May not be perfect, but you're doing your best you can in that moment. Oh, that's a really good point. If you if you do something to the best of your ability, I mean, if you if you just do it as best as you can, that's a win. There's yeah. no there's no more. If it, it turns out to be a failure, at least you've given a hundred percent. Yeah. If you do something half-assed and it's a half-assed failure, yeah, then you know you could have done more. But if you do everything to the to to the best and you try your hardest at achieving something and it still fails, then you can say. I tried my hardest and it just wasn't for me. There's yeah. no more you can be done. The result is not a reflection of your effort. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I, I could not resonate with that enough and or more is that I, even when, when I talk to people now and new people and, and like or the dating scene, for example, yeah, is that I don't, I don't care what happened in their past. I do, but I mean, that doesn't impact me, but yeah, yeah. I, I want to know where they're going in the future. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to focus on people's future selves not what they're still dragging from from the past. Yeah. Because if they say their marriage failed, their relationship failed, I say, well, what did you do, you know, in your effort to maintain or oh, I just gave up? That kind of says to me that they've gone of, you know, if something's too hard, they're going to sort of they run away. Up. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and that on, on that point, that's one real big thing that I want to try encourage um, anyone listening to this on is that... Um, is, is to not give up, is to to keep trying. Maybe trying a different method sometimes is the way to go. But when, it, when you're starting a new business, when trying to do something new, but even on a small level sometimes, like when you're trying to make friends or trying to reach out to someone, if you, like you were saying, if you have a setback, not to light the car on fire, not to give up completely, it doesn't define who you are, but pick yourself up, try again, learn from it. And it's not always easy. Like it takes time to build out mental resilience, um, but... It's so important if we want to achieve, I think, anything worthwhile in life. And if we want to achieve some of our ambitions and go try to work towards that big dream. Um, and I really loved what you said about the goal setting and about having that big dream, but having a plan for it and having that step-by-step plan. That's something in my own business um, project that I'm working on that I'm working out at the moment is I'm trying to define what do the steps look like to get where I want to go. And it's a bit hard because what I'm trying to build it's, it hasn't exactly been created in the form that I'm building it. Um, so I'm trying to work out, all right, what are those steps to look like? And then I know, and I can track my progress um, to get there. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's heaps of stuff in there you, you sort of mentioned. I'll just sort of go back a, l- a little bit about, you said about um, making new friends and new acquaintances, for example. Yeah. Um, I'm at the age now um, through my sort of growth and transformation, whereas I, I will not be friends with someone if I don't vibe with them. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to ever push a friendship. I'll tell people my journey, what I'm trying to achieve in life. If you want to be part of that, then please get on board. Yeah. But I'm not going to go out of my way to push a situation like anymore. I, I used to do that. Yeah. But now I'm so happy and content with myself and being internally happy that if you don't want to be part of my journey, then don't. That's okay. Then yeah. That's okay. You know. And I think that's the, the, the biggest growth point for me is I used to be a hyper pleaser and a hyper. Yeah. I wanted every single person that I, I meant to to be inspired or. Or, or want to follow me or be part of my journey. I just don't care anymore. Um, yeah. I do, but in, in a sense that I'm now just focused on 
being happy internally. And again, as a byproduct of that, I've made so many more genuine friends because of it. Yeah. Because they're yeah. getting the true raw version of me. And it's not, it's not, not a showpiece. I didn't rock up uh, in a Porsche. Uh, I'm not wearing a Tom Ford suit. You know, I'm not wearing you know a Rolex watch. Um, that's all superficial Facebook, snap, yeah. snap crap, like oh, shallow identity that people give people. Um, I give people the raw, unadulterated, true version of myself. And if they vibe with that honesty and vulnerability, that's fine. Yeah. Like, I'll share yeah. my deepest secrets, my, my most traumatic experiences in my life. And if you still want to be mates after that, that's great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I find that now like spirituality and chemistry and like interpersonal relationships now I gravitate towards ones that are genuine, not just yeah. to fill a purpose. Like, yeah. I'm not going to be friends with someone who's just devastatingly hot just to be seen. I'm not going to hang out with someone because they got you know seven or eight figures in their bank just to be seen. Um, you could be super hot or super wealthy, but if you got a one out of ten in personality, then you're a one out of ten. You know, I vibe with generosity. I vibe yeah. with gratitude. I vibe with growth, spirituality. Um, you know, in the elements of moving forward with life. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other things we'll move towards um, with with goal planning is um, you also got to make sure that when you are doing your goal planning in business, that you take action because you don't want to just meticulously over plan and not execute. Yeah, I'm um I'm very guilty of doing that in the past okay. a lot. <laughs> so um, goal can be broken in into three elements: is your end state goal, yeah. there's your processes, yeah. but then you have got the execution. So if you wanted to start up an e-com store, just a really example, you know you want to sell tech products. That's your end state goal. You want to have a very, very successful e-com store selling tech products. Yeah. The processes for that is one, develop your website. Right. The execution is who's going to develop the website? Who's going to do the hosting? Who's going to do the updating with all the different products? Yeah. The next part of the plan is where you're going to source it from. Is it going to pardon me, go through Shopify or are you going to go through Alibaba or AliExpress? Um, who's going to do the research on those sort of products? What kind of agreements need to be made? So yeah. it's all good having the end state goal to be very, very successful um, electronic products, e-com store, but you don't want to have 500 different steps to that but not execute one of them. Yeah. And yeah. I think I think a lot of people really do get a little bit disheartened and they've got a great vision or they've great, got a great idea, but they've got no idea with the planning stages. Yeah. And that's where the, the, the progress is actually made and getting the build, getting the wheels rolling. Because without without starting in the step one, what do I need to do today to get my task done to move towards my, my bigger my bigger goal? Yeah. And the first one could be just developing that plan. That could be your first step. You yeah. Know? I want to do this particular thing. And touching like that's that's amazing, and it's um I'm still learning that at the moment. But touching on that, um, just in myself in my own life, I can see that when I actually do have a plan, when I do have that sort of process, and I start taking action, I find that I don't need motivation as much. It's just um I've got that sort of drive because I can see what I'm trying to build. I sort of know that uh, the steps that I'm taking to get there, and I know that hey, if I do this today it's going to bring me closer to my end goal. It's going to have a positive effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes when I look back, the times where I've been really, un- like I still get unmotivated these days and Real still do. yeah, have to mm. find um, sometimes the motivation or the drive to keep going. But um, I find when I look back, the times when I was really unmotivated or really just stuck or I wanted to start something but didn't know how, where to go is when I didn't have that plan. I didn't know how to get there because 
I didn't know if what I was doing was actually even helping me get to where I wanted to be. Okay, so there's, there's a few really, there's a few really interesting things that you, that you sort of mentioned there. So basically, with a plan is if if it doesn't help you achieve that goal, it shouldn't be in your plan at all. Yeah, yeah. So that's something you really need to sort of identify with anyone sort of listening to this. If you want to develop a goal, the goals you have to achieve, or the tasks have to contribute to the end state goal. Now. Again, go back to my random example of an e-com store. Yeah. If you're if you're part of your plan is making a pizza, that's got nothing to do with building an e-com store. So it shouldn't be anywhere near your plan, right? So I only have elements that are really beneficial to achieving your plan. Now, with losing motivation, sometimes we lose motivation. Have a timeout. Yeah. yeah. Go to the beach. Do some exercise. Do some reading. Um, you know, socialize, go to, go to lunch with friends. Sometimes we just need that disconnect and just to really remove ourselves from from that task. Of, and I get that. I mean, I'm doing this. I'm renovating a house. I'm building sheds. I've got front fences yeah. I'm putting in. I'm, I'm getting my house value to buy another house. I'm putting money, more money in shares. I'm, I'm starting a company later this year of, of wealth management. Um, all that kind of stuff I've got on the go. There's five or six different projects. And I've got five yeah. or six different things on the go at, at any one sort of stage. And even sometimes I need a timeout. Yeah, you know I need to go out and, and it's kind of really strange, but I find mowing my lawn. Yeah, is just something simple that man that looks really good afterwards. And then I go to the gym and just work out and just really put my head down and listen to music or read. So even cooking, like, yeah, I, I love like cooking, cooking as well. Yeah. yeah, so it's all about finding those little things that make us happy, but try and do things that are product productive, not destructive. Yeah. Um, if you're someone that goes out and, and wants to have 10,000 beers and, and dance the night away, the next day you're going to be hungover, you're going to, you're going to eat eat terrible food. We all know what it's like to be hung and bung. Um, is that productive to working towards your goals? No. But is it a bit of a stress relief you might need? Possibly. It's up to you to decide that. And work out the balance for your own self. The balance yeah. is key because, again, I'm a walking, living example of what burnout can do. 900 yeah. days, 16-hour days is far too much. The end state was great. Everyone sees the the end result, which was the the prestige, the money, the business success, blah 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 blah. No one saw the depression, the anxiety, the relationship breakdowns, yeah. the stress, the pulling your hair out, the living really really minusculely, paying staff out of your own pockets. And I think it's again that's that element of the social media where we see the the, the great, the big, the shiny, the the, the flash. Yeah, we don't actually see what actually happens underneath. And for someone starting a business or trying to start a new project, you can sometimes be on social media. You can see all these successful business owners or like seemingly successful people. And um, whether they are or not, they look like it on social media. And then you have a setback in the business you're trying to build or something you're trying to grow. And you're like, oh, maybe I can't do it. Maybe I'm not, I don't have the same, the same guts, the same whatever as that person does, not knowing everything they went to get there, like you were saying. Yeah. And that's sadly where we're at with society. Why are we competing with people that we don't even know? Yeah. The only people we should be competing with are who you were yesterday. If you can wake up literally tomorrow and learn something new that you didn't know yesterday, you've improved. Yeah. You've improved. You, you, you learn something new. Like, you know, I learned the other day what the difference between um, the neocortex and the paleocortex is. I didn't know that the day before, but I feel more enriched for knowing that. Yeah. You know, and one's a thinking brain, the feeling brain, how we make decisions, et cetera, et cetera. But um, that helps me to understand my thinking process. Yeah. Which side of my brain is taking over, the neo or the paleo? Um, kind of a weird example, but um, 
that's where I feel a lot of people lose their motivation because they see 17 year olds driving around in Lamborghinis and Ferraris and 16 year old TikTok yeah, millionaires. And, 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 but why are we competing with these people? I mean, yeah, all yeah. I care about is people's internal happiness. I would rather a happy, broke person than a desperately sour, degenerative, rich person. Yeah. Money in your account is, is to me now is not value of someone. It's it's value of of materialistic items. Yeah, and I follow Gary Vaynerchuk quite closely, and he recently put out a post um, talking about that famous saying that a lot of people know, like I'd rather cry in my Lamborghini or cry in my Ferrari, and he changed it to I'd rather smile in my Toyota. I'd rather be happy. Um, and not trying to show off to everyone, happy earning a figure that, um, like a figure of money that helps him live the life that he wants to live, as opposed to trying to attain some sort of like fake image just to like make other people happy or please other people. Uh, couldn't agree more. Um, again, it just comes down to what makes you internally happy. Um, if you have a, again, which is a Ferrari, for example, you have a Ferrari in your possession, but you owe $200,000 on it. It's, that's not a good feeling because you're in debt. Yeah. Um, there's a whole different other conversation here about um, financial IQ and intellectual IQ, yeah. emotional IQ and spiritual IQ because if, if you need a Ferrari to be happy, then you are materialistic and in my opinion, you're shallow. Um, and for what reason? I mean, a Ferrari is going to get you the same, per, same direction as a Toyota Camry will be. We've got speed restrictions in Australia of 110. <laughs> you can't even use the Ferrari's so, speed. <laughs> it, so, yeah. So, you've got all this like amazing flashy toy that's just great to be seen in. But at the end of the day, when, when people see you, they're going to go home to their own lives. Yeah. They don't, they don't care what, what kind of... They'll look at it and go, wow, that's really awesome. Congratulations. But then, as soon as they go, they've got their own house. They've got their own family. They've got their own drives. They've got their own financial situations. And I just really believe that we spend so much time and mental energy caring about what others think that we just yeah. don't internalize our own happiness. Yeah. yeah. And like, why is it there's some multi... The, the story about um, Hewitt Packard, uh, HP, for example. Yeah. The, the person who owns that is worth like billions of dollars. He still lives in his same three-bedroom fibro house in America that he grew up in. Wow. <laughs> and why is it that... Um, what's that? Uh, is it Dick Smith who still drives a Volvo or Jim's mowing? Whoever... One of those two. I think I've heard one of yeah, them. Yeah, they still yeah. drive their nineteen like seventy beige Volvo. Um, why is it now that Dr. Dre is wearing you know forty dollar jumpers and and pants when he's worth billions of dollars after he sold Beats? But go back in the eighties when he was part of N.W.A. He was flashy, had hundred thousand dollar chains on, and really flashing that bling because his value and mentality had changed yeah. between showing off is 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 cool, but it's also shallow. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and we see that all the time with. With, with, when people win the, win the lotto, for example, yeah, when, and why they're broke shortly thereafter because they've got no financial IQ. Yeah, I mean, I read a story about um, a guy who won a couple of hundred million dollars in Great Britain, for example. His last money, he brought 10 Porsches for his friends and they had, had a destruction derby. <laughs> he spent over 200 million British pounds on shit. Yeah, kind of language, but yeah, he brought stupid stuff like that. He bought ten Porsches for his friends to go in a destruction derby with brand new, brand new Porsches. So, why to show off to, to 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 get people to to like you just for your material possessions or your bank balance? But if we're not, if our mental currency isn't 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 stacked up full of cash, yeah, then all the watches, all the cars, all the houses, all the ball and parties in the world 
you're still going to be mentally poor. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, <clears throat> as I'm trying to build my own businesses and my own project, and as I'm trying to help other people do the same, I really don't want to just do that monkey see monkey do where I'm just like copying a lot of other businesses that have gone before me. I, because like with, with hustle culture, for example, just like work, 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 like you're saying, burning out. And I want to go the, op- not the opposite way completely, but have that balance and sort of try to work out what that balance looks like in my life and for others where I know what my values are. I know what makes me internally happy. I'm trying to build a life that is not to please other people, but it's a life I bu- built on purpose. And um, I'm still, I'm still navigating, figuring out that for myself, but I can definitely see the destruction of just trying to please people and just trying to go hard 24 seven um, for that image. Yeah. Um, again, this, uh, I'll come back to that, um, that, that, that mental currency um, being mentally rich or mentally poor. Everything you're trying to do, I think you're trying to build mental wealth in a lot of people and that I, I couldn't agree more with and I can't be more admirable of that, of that sort of structure and goal. Um, to push that though on on people, they're going to need to really endorse that yeah, uh, and understand yeah. that that is the true value of what they're trying to do because you can be a fundamentally happy person on an $80,000 salary and you can be fundamentally depressed as crap um, with hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. And I know that I would rather be happy on an 80 grand salary than would be doing depressed at and billions. Yeah. Um, Murdoch, is it not Murdoch? Sorry, Packer. James Packer, billions of dollars. He's been, he went into like rehab, mental rehab for, for months and months because he's just so depressed. Yeah. So yeah. much money. Got can have the cars, the flash, the bling, the celebrities, the high end tail, whatever the case may be, but he's still morbidly depressed. I know people that are on $50,000 salaries in their little tiny home with their little dog and they're fundamentally happy and they're way more fun to be around. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what you're trying to do, I, I cannot agree more with the direction. It's just really getting people to understand that it's okay to be happy and broke. Well, not broke, but it's it, it, and not, you know, not have everything that you want and work towards that. Yeah. Rather than strive to burn out to buy things to please people that don't effectively matter in your life. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. And as we as we start to wrap this up, we'll have uh, like a couple, one or two key takeaways nuggets at the end. But I just wanted to add in that now we all have the ability to grow our capacity to do difficult things. Like you're saying, building that mental resilience, it is possible. Um, I've come across some people in the past where they just don't think that they can do difficult things um, and they haven't built that mental resilience, but they don't actually know that they have the ability to grow it by repeating, by learning, by being intentional about it. Um, and I just, just wanted to add that in for anyone listening that you do have the ability to grow your capacity to do difficult things um, and to build mental resilience. Um, I, I can't agree more. Anyone's able to do anything they want as long as they work on it. And then yeah. there are areas of what they need to work on. And again, the, like the car, the, the car tire analogy. Yeah. You just got to just find out your mental processes and, and overcome challenges yeah. in the best yeah. way for you. As soon as you do that, your mental resilience will start. You'll start to understand that this is not the end of the world. Yeah. You're not going to yeah. die. You're not going to go to prison. Um, and, you know, it, it's the same mentality of, of, of worrying if an asteroid's going to fall from space and kill us right as we're doing this podcast. Yeah. Is that a minor inconvenience shouldn't be a reason to burn your entire car. Everyone is capable 
of learning these skill sets. It just starts internally and understanding why you are triggered or why you feel deflated or why you feel demotivated yeah. or why you are lacking that that flame to continue to push through all the time. Yeah. Again, being a personal trainer, I've had this conversation with motivation more times than you've had hot breakfasts. I don't, I'm not motivated and that's a myriad of reasons. It's something yeah. new, yeah. it's challenging, it's hard, it's difficult. I don't like the feeling. I feel embarrassed or ashamed. I feel self-conscious. I don't feel like I'm good enough. And these are all things that do come with time. But I can tell you at the end of it or in the middle when they're saying, I love how I look, I love how I feel, I love how I look, I love going to the gym, I love this new challenge now. That's that's what, what I loved about being a business coach now, but being a personal trainer is seeing that transformation. Yeah, and You are capable of doing it. You've just got to look internally and start working on your internal processes in order to build that mental resilience if you are struggling with yeah. that, that, that flame and that motivation. No, that's great. Um, I have one question for you before we go. Ask away. So I tend to get like a lot of ideas for like business ideas or like crazy just thoughts in my head when I'm like, you know, just um, either in the shower or going for a run or something mm-hmm. like that. Do you have any like particular like crazy idea that you've had over the years like in one of those moments where you might be like going for a run and just having a shower and you just think of this like business idea or like product idea or something. Mm-hmm. I've got about four of them right now that are a little bit beyond my scope. Yeah. So the the, the first one that I'm literally going to start up later this year, which is a bit of a crazy idea, is to create, is to teach wealth creation and wealth management to young people. Yeah. Because yeah. I've got a burning fear that the younger people of today, I'm 37, so I'm talking about people, you know, 16 to yeah, sort of 25, yeah. that if they don't understand wealth management and wealth creation at this age, they're going to be absolutely slaughtered by the time they get into mid-30s because home price is going to be out of reach. Their job, pro- yeah. their, their salaries aren't going to be where they want them to be. Everything's going to be beyond reach for them. And I didn't learn this stuff until late 20s, early 30s. So if I can pass on that knowledge to younger people today and just get them to learn that, you know, one night out on the wallet could be 500 bucks. But if you put that into like a, a an IPO or, or crypto, yeah, for example, yeah. or a stock account, over 10 years, that could be worth $10,000. Yeah. And I know I'd rather have 10 grand in 10 years and one night out, out in the wallet. My, my bigger idea, my, my massive idea that's, that I'll need multiple six, seven figures to accomplish was to create um, uh, like an apartment complex for either homeless and or veterans and have that as a learning and rehabilitation hub right. to completely upskill um, into in community. So I'm a yeah, veteran, for example. Yeah. I know a lot of veterans who are struggling with this sort of stuff. Our transition process is horrible. And with this sort of hub, I want to have um, dorms, I want, especially with the homeless people, yeah. to have like single rooms to incorporate societal skills. Um, I want to have a doctor on board, a, a, a psychologist, to, to a chef, yeah, yeah. Um, to really teach people about what it's like to get to reassimilate back into society, to educate them, to upskill with basic business skills, or get their CV up to, up to scratch again. Yeah, and try and be that 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 hub between desperation and success. At least get them a starting point where, if you're with someone long term homeless, you have an address to start a bank account. Yeah, you know yeah. where you can start learning basic business skills or sales skills or, or telecommunication skills or learn basic coding yeah. or basic website design or any kind of task that they are interested in to give them the foundation to get them from where they are to the next level. Yeah, That's yeah. my big end goal and I'll have one of those in like every capital city in Australia. 
that's um, that's amazing like honestly i respect that respect that so much um can definitely see the need from it just from in my own perspective mm. as well um we might have to have you back on here sometime in the near future when you're like in the future when you're working on that and I'd see how to. it's going yeah um yeah so even with that big one is that yeah i'd need at least probably five to ten million dollars to to fund um the hub itself so yeah it's kind of like a university dorm rooms communal living areas um educational classes every day um have like a set budget yeah to, to give yeah. them as some sort of an allowance to pay for food to go to the pub and have a couple of socially acceptable drinks you know to, not to excess and then kind of give them you know rules about this is what society actually is if you want it i'll, I'll help you like yeah if, if you want yeah. it if you want to have that house that little yard that the job the community yeah. okay I'll, I'll help you along the way that's but, amazing but, yeah. but it's yeah it's it's a big ask to get that to happen well um if there's anyone listening um who may have the potential in the future of supporting that or even just anyone who may want to reach out to you um where can they find you? Do you have LinkedIn or any other social media pages? Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. It's just just Cameron Ford uh, on LinkedIn. Um, my email account is mymilitarymindset uh, at gmail.com. Um, pretty simple, yeah, mymilitarymindset. Um, I do have a YouTube channel that has uh, a lot of this mental resilience sort of um, videos that I've been documenting for the last sort of um, sort of 12 months about my, my growth, about my... Uh, destruction in my last relationship that triggered all this all this kind of growth um, if you do have 10 million dollars and want to help a bunch of people again it's non-for-profit i'm not making any money i just want to support the people that need help um, but yeah if you want to reach out to me just either get contact with you and contact with me if anyone's in Bundaberg listening contact with you contact with me i'm here to help yeah. anyone who wants yeah. to want to meet up again i'm happy to talk um, business specifics or you know entrepreneurial specifics what i do is a job and i just want to help people kind of like you yeah just in a different capacity if i can i love that um i love i've loved hearing part of your story and your Mm. journey and what you're about um thank you for your service and thank you for coming on this podcast thanks it's been fun it's been fun so thanks a lot and yeah have a back again and we are done wow there was so much in that this is probably our biggest episode yet I know there were some good reminders in there for myself personally. If there was something that stood out to you, uh, make sure you message us on Instagram or Facebook to let us know. And if you're not following us already, it's at For The Creatives Podcast on Instagram. And get ready for the next episode. I bring on Tony Jordan and we talk about social media and how we can have um, genuine, authentic human connections as people and as brands.